You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's great help in Ramat Beit Shemesh Israel 5769, 2008. So this is the first of two Bezos Hashem with God's help this week, two Parsha podcasts, because on Simchas Torah, the last day of Sukkot in Israel, so it's the same day as Shemini Atzeres. So on that day, so we're going to have, we're going to read the end of the Torah, the Parsha Bezos Abracha. And we're also going to begin Bereshit. So we're going to speak in this Parsha podcast about Vizos HaBracha. And God willing, on Wednesday or Thursday, I will try to record the Parsha of Bereshit, which we'll read in its completion on uh, Shabbos. In any event, we have at the end of Vizos HaBracha, the Torah describes how Moses, how Moshe Rabbeinu, he passes away, and God himself buries Moshe Rabbeinu. And the verses go like this, it says, and Moshe died there. Evan Hashem, the servant of God, bears Moav Api Hashem. In the land of Moab, Moab uh, based on the word of God. God buried him in the Gai. In the land of Moab. Mul Baseball Chorus from this place called Baseball And nobody knew his place of burial until this very day. Now, before we start asking the questions, the obvious questions that can be asked in this verse, I'd like to share with you two different Mamari Chazal, two different statements of the sages in regards to this verse that also require a lot of explanation. And God willing, with Hashem's help, we will have a very nice thought to learn from all of these things. Okay, so the Gemara is in Sota, Nafi Gimlam Abayis, page 13b. On the very bottom, the Gemara says like this, Amar Barachia, Simen Betech Simen. We have a sign within a sign. Because the Torah says three different ways, three different signposts. If you want to know where Moses is buried, so first it says he buried him in the Gai, and then it says he buried him in the land of Moab, and then he says he buried him across from Beis Pa'or. So despite the fact that we have these different simonim, these different signs, these different guideposts, nevertheless, nevertheless, nobody knows where he's buried. That's what the Gemara says. So now the Gemara continues and says a whole story how the evil king of the evil kingdom seems to be referenced to Rome. So he sent to the leader of the land around Bespa or around this place where Moses was buried and he asked them to show his people where Moses was buried. So they were brought to a certain place that corresponded to all of these signs that the verses say. And the Gemara describes how when they were in a lower place in that area, so it looked like that grave was actually above. When they went to the place above, where it looked like it was, when they were above, so it looked like it was below. And then what happened was they split up into two different camps, so to speak. They split up into two groups. When the ones who were below, so to them it looked like it was above. And to the ones above, it looked like it was below. So this fulfills that which the verse says, That nobody knew, nobody knows where he is buried until this very day. That's the Gemara. Then the next place that we find... These verses are brought down in a very similar way. Is the Yalkut Shemoni in Yeshaya, in Isaiah, chapter 63. And it goes like this, Rabbi Shmuel Masni B'Shem Rabbi Yermio. Rabbi Shmuel taught in the name of Rabbi Yermio. In Yemer Lecha Adam Masai Ketz HaGeula, if someone's going to tell, tell you when the final redemption is coming, Al Ta'amein, don't believe him. Shenemar, as the verse is, Ki Yom Belipi, the day of retribution, meaning when the Messiah is going to come, will be a time of retribution for the nations of the world who didn't listen to the word of God. So that's something that's in my heart. Liba le puma le gali. The heart did not reveal this to the mouth. Puma le man gali. So to, how can the mouth reveal anything? 
That's the first thing it says over there in the Alkut. And here's where it comes in our Psukim, our verses. Rabbi Rachi of Rabbi Simon, B'Shem Yeshuban Levi. So Rabbi Rachi and Rabbi Simon both said in the name of Rabbi Shuman Levi the following. There are three different signs that I told you about where Moses was buried. Shenamar's the verses Vaikvara said by Gai Vagaimer. He was buried in the Gai, etc. Vesaif in the end, Leoda Ishas Kvurasa. No one knows where he's buried. Al Hakates in regards to the final redemption, Shenemar Stayim Vachasoim Hadvarim Alachas Kama Vachama. The verses say, close it up, close up and seal the matter. Don't let it be known. Make it something that's hidden. So in regards to the Kates, the final redemption, which it says that it has to be hidden, so certainly you can't know what it is. So it's very interesting. What comes out according to this, Yalkut, is that we can guess all we want, but you can't really know. In other words, it almost sounds like there's absolutely no point in guessing because you can't really know when Mashiach is going to come, when the Messiah is going to come. Those are the two places that we see that we're bringing down these verses. And Ein Ha Pasuk Aymer El Darshani, these verses, these Gemaras, all they say is explain me. Because if you look at this on the surface, it doesn't really seem to make any sense. Because what does the verse say? The Torah says, Nobody knows where he's buried. Technically, that's not even true at all. Because they did know where he's buried. They just couldn't be there. What does Yedia, what does knowledge have to do with the fact that they couldn't stand there? They couldn't be standing at the tomb of Moses. They could know where it is. They knew exactly where it was. So what does the verses mean? What does it mean in the Gemara? What does it mean? in What's the explanation of this whole concept? So to begin to understand this, we have to know that there's a concept called Chachma, Bina, and Das. There are three different types of knowledge, three different types of understanding. And each one of them connotes a different concept. And we're going to speak more about Yediyah, Das, which is the verse, which is the word that's used in this verse, which is the fundamental word here that we need to understand. We're going to compare it with the other types of knowledge. What does Da'as mean as opposed to Chachma? And Bina Chachma is usually translated as wisdom. Bina is usually translated as understanding. Das is usually translated as knowledge. What do each of these things mean? And specifically, what does Da'as mean? So the answer is that both Chachma and Bina, these two concepts of wisdom and understanding, they both denote or connote a concept of wisdom that has to do with knowing things, but not per se knowing them experientially, but knowing them uh, intellectually. That's what Chachma and Bina denote. Whereas Yediya, real knowledge, means experiential knowledge. And this is something that we find in many, many different places. And I saw this brought down in the Sefer in the book of Rabbi Yitzchak Frankel. And I also saw this brought down, uh, it's brought down in Inner Space by Arya Kaplan, in Kabbalistic works. But the concept of Yediyah, of knowledge, means we have experienced, we've come to a knowledge that's not just superficial and not just intellectual, but it's an experiential knowledge. So for example, you could have somebody who is blind, he's never seen light, and he's going to go through some kind of operations going to be able to allow him to be able to see. Now before he's able to see, you can explain to him about the concept of frequencies of light and light reflecting in different colors. He has no clue what you're talking about, but perhaps he can get an intellectual knowledge of trying to understand what it means colors and what it means lights and different frequencies. He can try to understand it, but until he actually goes through that operation and he's able to see, so he doesn't have that experience, he doesn't have the idea, he doesn't have the, the real experiential knowledge. Now, once we take this piece of information that we have, this explanation of the word da'as, so we can use it in many, many different places in the Torah. Many different places in the Torah. You find it says, Vayida, Adam es Ishtoi, it says that, that 
when it's talking about relations between a man and his wife, it's talking about Adam HaRishon, the first man, it uses the Lashon of Da'as. It's an experiential knowledge. It's an experience of another person that's uh, completely experiential. That's the type of knowledge we're talking about. There's a Da'as of knowing something experientially. You'll find this throughout the Torah, whenever you see the word Vayeda or Vayoda, Da'as always means experiential knowledge. So now, let's bring it back to Moshe Rabbeinu, to his burial place. So the Torah says that there was something unique about the place where Moshe Rabbeinu was buried. And despite the fact that intellectually we know where he's buried, it says gives three different signs, three different signposts as to where he was buried. In fact, you could walk there, you could go there, you could stand there. Nevertheless, it's beautiful. You can't actually experientially, you can't know experientially, you can't experience that place. Now let's go back also to the Yalkut. Because in the Yalkut we have something that said, the, the Yalkut said something very interesting. It says, you can never know, you can never know when Mashiach is going to come. Why? Because the verse says, Kiyayim nakam belibi. The day of retribution is in my heart. Now, very interestingly, the heart corresponds to the concept of Bina. Bina is also one of the types of intellectual knowledge. Now, what, what does it say here? It says, Liba lepuma logali. That the heart has not revealed it to the mouth. The interesting thing is that when we talk about different types of knowledge, so the mouth always corresponds to das, to experiential knowledge, because you can't, you can't fully express something, you can't fully express an idea until you have a full understanding of that idea. The mouth always represents complete understanding, not just an intellectual understanding, but more towards the experiential understanding. And that's why we're saying lipa lepuma logali that the heart, we have the intellectual understanding, but we don't have the experiential understanding of knowing when Mashiach is going to come, when that final redemption, when the Geula is going to take place. So that's something that cannot be revealed. And that's why we come back to these verses of Moshe. It's amazing, it's beautiful. Because theoretically, we can have an intellectual knowledge. We can have a guess. We can we can say, look, Tavshin Samech, that's this year, 5769, has so many different aspects that point to the fact that Mashiach is going to come this year. I could give you a gematria, I could give you a story, all kinds of different things showing you how that Mashiach, it's very likely, it's very probable, it's very possible that Mashiach will come this year. But nevertheless, it's Libo Lupumalogali. You don't know, you can't have experiential knowledge of that. You can't know that before the fact. Just like by Moshe Rabbeinu, by Moses. So his burial place, it was impossible to actually stand there and say, this is the burial place. It was something unusual. It was above, it was higher, it was above intellect. It was something that you couldn't experience. Similarly, when it comes to the date of Mashiach, when the Messiah, the final redemption is going to occur, you cannot place your finger on that time. You can't say, this is the time. And any time you try to place your finger on it, it's going to look like it's somewhere else. Just like Moshe, I've been just like the, the burial place of Moshe, of Moses. And, and if you say it's another time, it's always going to look like it's a different time. That's, that's the character of Mashiach. And I think that's the understanding of why the verses tell us that Yaakov, he wanted to be, or the measure says, the sages teach us that Yaakov Avinu, our forefather Jacob, he wanted to reveal to the twelve, to the twelve sons, his twelve sons, to the tribes. He wanted to say when the case was going to be, but he couldn't reveal it, and he couldn't understand why. And it could be the explanation of why he couldn't reveal it was because intellectually he knew it, but when he tried to get it out to das, to get it out of his mouth, 
to get the experiential knowledge, he could not get it out of his mouth. Because as soon as you try to translate it into physical reality, you're stuck. You're stuck. Only God has the ability to do that. And this also explains a very interesting statement of our Chazal. Our sages say that there are three different things that come with Hesach Hadas. The three different things that come with a lack of Da'as. And one of those three things is Mashiach. Ben David, the, the son of David, our Messiah, when he comes, it's going to be with a Hesach Hadas. Because the only way, any time that we try to place our Das, our experiential knowledge on it, we can't place our experiential knowledge on it. And in fact, what happens is it backfires on us. Every time we say it's going to be now, it can't be now. Anytime we say it's going to be tomorrow, it's going to be yesterday, so to speak. So what happens is Hashem somehow is going to make all of us have a Hesach Hadas. We're going to all be totally spaced out for a moment. And that's when Mashiach will come. That's when the Messiah can come. I'd like to bless you and me and all of us that we should merit to see soon, speedily and in our days, the coming, the final Mashiach, the final redemption, that Yom Nakam, that final day of retribution for all of the negative things that have happened in history, specifically to the Jewish people. Those things will be avenged ultimately by God Himself. We're looking forward to that day when the whole world will know, will have the Das. It says, Umala Art Dea Es Hashem. That da'as, that ultimate experiential knowledge of God, because today all we have is intellectual exercises that help us to try to come close to Hashem. But that ultimate experience of God we don't have yet. So I would like to bless us all. We should all merit that day of umalar tzdeas Hashem, the time when we'll all have the experiential knowledge of God. Thank you for listening and have a very nice yantif.